0: at MikeCrock.com forward slash book. That's Mike C-R-O-C.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike Crock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of? with your boy, the unstoppable Mike Crock. Yes, I'm back. And I say back because you know what? The virus got me because I had to stay inside, stay away from people. And that's not me, man. I'm not an introvert. I am an extrovert. I need to be out around people. That's where I get my energy from. And that's why I love hanging out with all of you. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's guest is someone that I met, I believe, on Clubhouse but then she has her, her new app that's coming out. I met her because she was speaking, and I was intrigued by what she's doing. And I actually joined the uh, Wisdom app, which you're going to hear about here on this show. But I'm also intrigued to the fact that she's a tech co-founder, or founder, I should say. And I am a co-founder, and I, I want to ask some questions. This is how I learn. And for those of you watching and, and trying to figure out how did I move so fast into where I am and how did I elevate so fast over the last few years, it's because of asking kind of questions that we're going to ask today. And getting around people that are a little bit ahead of the game than you, a little farther down the road than you. So please pay attention as we're going through this with my guest, Dio Aiken Renate. Did I do the good? Perfect. Yes. Okay. Did. <laughs> <laughs> I nice. wanted to take that nice and slow, but uh, Dio, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm very
0: excited. Well, you know, you're calling in from uh, the UK, I believe, right? That's correct. So you are about 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Yeah, 5 p.m. just plus 5 p.m. Yeah. And I am around noon. So if I have a little bit more energy than her, guys, I just want you to remember that she's been all already like already in her day for five or six hours ahead of me. So she's been through a lot more right now. And I haven't gotten there yet. So um <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm still I'm still just on the coffee and, and rolling. So Although you're in UK, so you might have just passed the time for tea. And tea sometimes has caffeine, right? A little
1: bit, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Tea. We do tea time, four or five PM and lots of tea all day, of course, because it's England.
0: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I love I love tea too, but coffee's my coffee's my number one. So all right. So Dio, here's how we start the show. Every time we want to stick to that before we get down a rabbit hole. What are you made of?
1: Okay. So I'm gonna say I'm made of consistency because. I think passion and interest are needed, but if you don't apply yourself consistency, consistently and even when you don't think the results are going to come, but I, I'm a firm believer that if you're consistent and you plant the seed, what I find in tech is that those seeds will grow. And sometimes there'll be a seed I planted in like October or June, but it comes, it comes back around and it's going to grow, and you're going to get results. So consistency.
0: Yeah, and then there's also something else there. I hear is patience.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a good one too. I think patience and and coupled with a strong belief in what you're building. And I think particularly in tech, as the founder, sometimes you have a vision, you have this crazy idea, right? Like with wisdom, I had this vision, and I said, look, we're going to take social audio. We know it exists for Clubhouse, but I said we're going to have a particular utility. Which is mentoring and connecting people to have meaningful conversations, one-to-one conversations. And oftentimes people around you are not necessarily going to see the vision, but it's about being consistent and believing your vision and, you know, painting that vision and selling that vision. And then you get people on board to bring it to life.
0: Yeah. You know what I noticed a lot. A lot of people have a vision. They get frustrated because people don't see their vision, but you're the one with the vision. You're the one with the clarity and you could actually see it in color and 3D. And you have to f- figure out a way to transfer that into other people. And telling them one time is not going to do it, right? You, gotta, you, you can't just tell somebody one time and expect them to grasp it. So that's where that patience has to come in. And that's a weakness of mine or has been in the past. I ain't let it be a weakness anymore. I just I'm urgent all the time. It's got to be now. It's got to be now. And I get frustrated very easily in the past because I didn't understand why people couldn't see the same vision. And once you get people to see the vision though, and then they start... Believing and buying in, then in order for them to justify their decision to do that in their head, whether they spend money on it, invest time, effort, whatever, then they have to tell other people about it. And that's what the point you want to get to with people. Am I right?
1: Yes, I think absolutely right. And especially when people can, when people can take your product or your service and rephrase it in their own words without coaching, that's when you know you have it. And to your point, sometimes it's the convincing and it's the selling. When I speak to the early community of uh, wisdomers which is why I call them wisdomers they're great because they sell wisdom in their own words so when they tell me things like wisdom has changed my life when people tell me things like I've closed paying clients on wisdom and not e- not even with the hard sell because they just go live and they speak about their expertise they speak about what they're passionate about they take Q&A from listeners Somebody else is listening in the background, listening to an expert diagnosing and working something out with a, you know, a potential client and you're listening as a third party. And then you're like, hey, I want to book you for this same thing because I've seen you in action. And so when we see these cycles happening and then people come back with the testimonials to your point, yeah, they're selling for you because they're taking what you do and putting it into their own words. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's when you know you're winning. Like, for example, what, what did someone say with wisdom? They said, uh, because the way you navigate through wisdom, and actually to anyone listening in, we're saying wisdom, wisdom. But, you know, so, you know, we are a social audio app. And what we do is we use social audio to connect mentors to knowledge seekers. And what's different about wisdom is we have one-to-one intimate conversations. One of our users was telling somebody else, he said, wisdom is like a Tinder stack of TED Talks. Uh, And he kind of said that because you navigate through wisdom by swiping, you swipe through cards, but every card is a live audio conversation that's happening. So you listen a bit. Do I want to go to the next one? And and you swipe through. And he said, it's a Tinder stack of TED Talks. And I was like, look, I could never have come up with that. Like, you know, people just come up with, you know, how they want to describe it. I love that. Yeah. No, that's the greatest. You got your, your messaging
0: that you start with, and then it evolves through the, the, the users. Uh, I love that. So before we get any more into wisdom, which we're going to talk more about, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, Where'd you come from and what was it like growing up? And what are some of the uh, adversities that you had to handle coming up?
1: Yeah, sure. Great question. So I was born in the UK, spent the majority portion of my life here Uh, When I was about nine years old, as a family, we moved to Nigeria, which is where I am originally from, so kind of like, you know, culturally, Uh, spent a number of years there, then moved back to the UK and uh, moved into, I've always been in tech, right? So I studied computer science. And then from there, I moved into management consulting in the city of London, I would say in terms of adversity, I would say the majority of challenges I faced in my journey, unfortunately, it's been due to like diversity and intersectionality. So it will oftentimes happen that perhaps maybe I am maybe subject to detrimental treatment or underestimated, perhaps sometimes in terms of being a woman, you know, doing something a bit technical, sometimes also being a black woman and people are just kind of surprised like, oh, oh, you know, you... Oh, I didn't think you would have studied that, or I don't think you know you would have done this or whatnot. So, I would say that in terms of uh, adversity, it's uh, it's that thing I think of just maybe not always being able to benefit from a benefit of the doubt, perhaps sometimes unconscious bias, and you know just really needing to, to prove oneself and kind of give that assurance.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And uh, just on that topic, you know, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am involved with the Ten X Incubator. Uh, with Grant Cardone and Jared Yellen, and our, amazing. yeah, we're going to be building, scaling and selling 10,000 tech companies in 10 years. That's our moonshot. And we're on our way to do that. One of the main things that we wanted to make sure of, and this stemmed from Jared Yellen's mission, is that he wanted to democratize and diversitize the tech industry and make a big impact on this planet. That aligned with Grant Cardone wanting to make sure that he did the same thing in the real estate investing world. And so when they got together and they talked about this, this became a key objective. And I went out a lot on Clubhouse and was listening. You know what these wisdom app, the the audio apps allowed me to do was get into more rooms of people that I don't normally get to hang around. Because first of all, I don't go out of my house much anymore because I have my studio here, my office here. But when I do go out, like, I want to be around like all different kinds of culture, all different kinds of people, because I want to learn about them and I'm radically open minded. So what this allowed me to do is start listening to people. And uh, we actually just yesterday or the day before launched the diversity v- division of the 10X incubator, where we're going to go and we're not going to sit and wait. We're going to actively go out and go after those that are underserved to create unwavering diversity in the tech space. And so I love that you said that and brought that up. I love that you pushed through and persevered um, to get to where you are today. And, um, yeah, this is something that I, I feel strongly about because we can all sit here and agree with it and we can complain about it. But at the end of the day, those that do something about it are the ones that, that create success and make an impact. So I know I, I I'd love to connect with you on that further, um, offline as well. Okay.
1: I was going to say absolutely. And I think we have a commonality in the, in the vision there as well with, uh, wisdom, our mission is to democratize access to mentoring. And that actually speaks to my origin story as well, where I constantly felt at various stages of my career in tech, that I wasn't able to access the right mentoring. I kind of realized that I could have gone further, faster, if I had been able to tap into, I think, mentoring, and then also sponsorship. Like I saw the differences in how my career was more accelerated. I got promoted faster when I had a mentor, when I had somebody also who was advocating for me when I wasn't in the room, because that's a thing which you don't know until you realize that, you know, somebody can do that for you. And what I found was that when, for example, maybe I was thinking of, oh, should I be in a different subsector? Do I want to change industry? I would go on LinkedIn and I would inbox people that maybe they worked at a company I was interested in or, you know, they had done something that I kind of admired and I would ask them a question. But what I found is that LinkedIn isn't built for mentoring. I think by and large on LinkedIn, you can get a load of DMs, but if you don't know the person DMing you, you have no way of filtering those inbounds for for quality. Mm -hmm. And what I find ends up happening is when there's a warm introduction, then you end up responding because you've got a mutual contact who was saying, hey, I know this person. It would be really great if you could meet with them. So I think what happens is that the knowledge, uh, which I think is a privilege as well, it stays within closed networks of people who know each other or friends of friends. And so really the aim with wisdom is to like, bypass this warm introduction and just like open it up and democratize So, as you said, which is what I think social audio is doing in the wider context, because it's allowing people to meet and talk who would probably never have talked, right? Different
0: yeah. neighborhoods,
1: different countries, different industries. And it's just kind of, you know, th- throwing us all together.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So what what, uh, what was the first idea that you had? Like as far as tech, was it the wisdom app or was it something else?
1: It was something else actually. So my very first startup is actually a dating app. It's called AfriClick. And the concept is, is that it is a dating app, but we're specifically addressing the underserved African market because In essence, globally, there's about 1.4 billion people of African descent with dating being a large opportunity as well. So in essence, it's looking at a, in essence, we look at a cultural group and use very specific cultural data. So things like, say for myself, I identify from a particular tribe, I have a second language, I have a dual nationality. And and so in essence, like, yeah, we, we take this data set and use a specific algorithm to match people up to. So that is a startup and, you know, it's still like an ongoing interest, but as I was working on it, uh, social audio became a thing. And personally, I've never really been a social media person, right? Like I didn't have the patience to take the pretty pictures for Instagram, to record the YouTube videos, like that wasn't me, you know? And I find that a lot of us are really taking to social audio because you don't have to be great at taking pictures or videos. We can just talk. And so that was where I then saw the opportunity to say, well, I think uh, I think Clubhouse is amazing. That's like the big footprint, right? It's kind of proving that we know social audio. Yeah, you know, yeah. this is a multi-billion-dollar industry. But there's, I believe, you know, my hypothesis is there's going to be different use cases. We're going to see social audio pop up in so many formats. And you know, I, I keep on saying this. I'm telling people, however you do your personal banking today, if your bank has an app. There's going to be a direct audio connection to your banking advisor. There will. And they're going to be running rooms on different weeks about different things you need to know about. Do you know what I mean? Financial planning, 101, mortgages, this, is we're going to be dropping in. I think there's going to be so many uh, B2B case studies. There's going to be use cases for SMEs. You know, I'm telling people now, whether you're a vet, whether you're a lawyer, you know, whoever you are, you lead by giving advice audio is a great place to do it because you get that one-to-one real-time interaction with your users, right? If you visit a website, if I play a YouTube on your website, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to your team. It's that one-to-one. And I don't know, you may recall, I think it was in the early days of Clubhouse, Josh Constein, I think he's a tech journalist. He did a really big interview with Mark. Yeah. He did an interview with the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuck the founder of Shopify, and I think it was the founder of Spotify uh, at the time. So it was, you know, really influential people together. And Mark Zuckerberg said, he said social audio was really interesting. And he said, there's going to be many different formats, like one-to-one, one-to-many for family. And he said, one-to-one, I think there's something interesting there. Um, I didn't know this at the time, but when I kind of trace it back to wisdom, and I think what we do in particular that is unique is the one-to-one, right, through social audio. And you probably noticed it when, um, you know, you did a great talk with Carmelia Ray on wisdom. And what people find on wisdom is they may have interacted on other social media platforms, but they're like, wow, I would never have known this, this, and this about you. Some people are like, oh, we've been sharing Clubhouse stages for months but I didn't know your origin story because we've been on a stage with so many other people, but that's very different from having two people going deep and just having yeah. like that intimacy of the conversation. Definitely. definitely. Then with the audience listening in. So, um, yeah, I just think it, it presents something different.
0: I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book rocket fuel is available for sale now at Mike dot forward slash book. That's Mike, C-R-O-C.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Yeah, the intimacy of it, which can be on other apps, but that's not designed for that. And they don't lean towards that. So you having that niche is, is phenomenal because Car- Carmelia did not know a lot of the story that I have. And I still don't know a lot of her story because when you're on these other apps with all those people on the stage... You you feel like you have to hurry up and they say land your plane right and you land to, your
1: plane. You you're don't want to be that fuel. person.
0: Yeah, you don't want to be that person that's on and on and on, and you can only fit so much in, and you're picking your spots, and so it, it's a uh, it's a dance that they're different dances, I would say, you know, and and um, but I, that's what I love about. It. So so take us back. So what was the first time you thought about doing the wisdom app? Like when was that?
1: Gosh, to so now, we're in 2022, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty. I would say okay. late 2020, early 2021.
0: Okay, so late 2020, early 2021. So about a year ago, right?
1: Yes, yeah. So okay, well, and well, then, so well, well over a year ago.
0: Were you trying to think of a new product at the time, or you just said like watching Clubhouse, watching these other things, and like, oh wait a minute, I got this? Or were you actually yeah. looking for a new new company?
1: I was not looking for a new company. I just really took to social audio and. I was surprised because I'm usually not a social media person at all. But I really took to social audio. In London, there is something called, in the UK, it's called LBC. It's like, it's called talk radio, talk back radio. I'm not sure if you have a similar, uh, something you're going to say. So it's a radio station, but they don't play any music. All people do is call in all day and they have conversations like politics. Sports issues or that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Sports. So I think I've always been into talk radio anyway, then Clubhouse became a thing, but yeah, it it wasn't in the plan, but I I saw an opportunity and I saw an opportunity where, you know, as I said, with this lack of mentorship and access to knowledge, because working in the tech space, I would constantly come across founders. And I've I've also worked on like a, a big diversity in tech Uh, program in the uk so there's a program called one tech and it uh to date is the uk's largest diversity in startups program and what we were doing was looking at so in london we have something called the london co-investment fund in essence it's a government-backed fund about 50 million pounds and as long as you live in london they will co-invest so if i get somebody to put 50k into my startup i can go to this government-backed fund they'll maybe put in 25k. So it's funding that is, you know, it's meant to be accessible. And the problem that they had with the fund, I think they were about 65% of the way through the fund. But they found out that they kept on investing in the same profile of founder. Uh, So typically people who had a university degree who were men, and who were white as well. And the issue was that they looked at the diversity profile of London, versus who they were investing in. And it wasn't a match. There weren't many women, there weren't many immigrants. And what we found from working on the program was that it, in essence, we found out that women want to do startups. Everyone wants to do startups. People want to do a tech startup. So it wasn't for a lack of pipeline. And so when we were really unnerving to see, you know, what is it? One of the key things we found was a lack of mentorship. So meaning if there's an individual, you have an idea, maybe you want to build something in tech for a particular industry. Let's just say the restaurant industry or the food industry. It's really important early on in your journey that you can go and interview restaurant owners so you can validate, you have an idea in your head. And you know, founders sometimes we romanticize. So you'll be like, this is the thing that's going to fix the thing in the restaurant industry. But until you're sitting down with restaurant owners, right, who are in the thick of it every day, that's when you can validate. And that's when you can ask that question. You know, sometimes if you ask a business owner, what is keeping you up at night? And then they tell you, and then they're like, if you can make something to fix this, I'll sign up for a pilot today. Like, you know, tell me when. And that's when you know for any. And you know, if anyone is listening in, if you know, if you have a tech idea. Am I building something that people want? The closer you can get to you know, actually solving problems. So what we found was that a lot of the underserved groups, the underrepresented groups, they wanted to build businesses in tech, but because they weren't able to access the right mentoring and the right knowledge, a lot of them weren't building the right product. They weren't solving the right problem, which then just makes your journey, you know what I mean? So much longer and it makes it harder to access investment. So I think to your point, this notion of access to knowledge, access to mentoring was very much top of my mind because I'd seen talented people, but they weren't building the right thing. They didn't have the right knowledge. Then social audio became a thing. And then it was just an opportunity to, to, to use social audio to you know, tackle that problem space.
0: Now, did you know from your experience how to put a team together to accomplish this and how much it would take investment-wise or capital-wise, I should say? and how long it would take? Like, did you know that already? Or did you have to go seek that out when you had the idea?
1: So that was something I, I mean, with software development, I would say you never fully know, but you can estimate to within a maybe 70%. And then you know, you you know, it's going to run over a little bit. But yeah, I mean, that's expertise I had just from having a career of working in tech, and in essence, working on like enterprise tech and releases and Working with teams in the UK. I've also worked out of uh, India and built teams there. So, managing remote teams in Eastern Europe and things like that. So, yeah, that, that was something I, I knew. Gotcha.
0: And then go to market. How about go to market? Did you know how to take this to market? Or did you like, uh, like what uh, were your yeah. thoughts on that?
1: that? That's a good one. So, for that, yeah, I'm going to say no, because especially, particularly with early stage uh, tech startups, you tend to find Like, you know, we don't really spend a lot on marketing. There's the the notion and the hypothesis is that if you build something that is going to resonate with people, then the the word of mouth will will kind of spread. And you'll also find when you speak to investors to raise money, investors don't want to hear you're spending their money on marketing. They want to hear you're spending it on maybe product, infrastructure, tech talent people. They don't like the, the idea of marketing because the belief is that if you're building something that you know that the people really want, it will kind of uh you know uh, spread itself or found its niche. And I would say for wisdom, early niche like our because you know where we launched in October last year was still quite new, but our early community were really resonating with the podcast community for some reason. Possibly because I think uh, podcasters are great at talking. They're also great at monologues. And then I think podcasters are seeing an opportunity where they're used to recording in a studio. So anyone they're interacting with, they've had to prearrange to invite them in. They're now saying, oh, we can record our podcast live on Wisdom. We can have an audience of listeners. Uh, We have a feature where even listeners can react, like with emojis. So you can clap, you can can boo, you you can heart and stuff like that. So they can record their podcast live they can gauge people's reactions. And then where with Wisdom, we have this guest timer format. So you can allow uh, somebody to come into your guest spot for like one minute, two minutes, three minutes, all the way. The podcasters is like, well, we can take live guests. You know, we can get live interactions. So it's just, it's adding a different dimension to their podcasts. And it was, so that was actually on their requests uh, in the early days before we launched. We, we've built in the feature now where when you go live on Wisdom, you know, you, you record your talk. You can download the talk file afterwards. So you can download that as like, a, you know, an MP4. So that's also empowering the creator because we've said from day one, anything you can create on Wisdom, is yours. Download it, repurpose it, you know, go and upload it wherever. And then a recent feature that we've also launched really for our early community is uh, now we have high fidelity recording. So the idea being that If you record your podcast on wisdom, there isn't a compromise in terms of the quality of the audio you're getting, Uh, which I think is also maybe lowering, it's lowering the bar and increasing access to podcasting now, because now you two people can download the wisdom app and you know, yeah, you can, you can do it live and just add another dimension. And then maybe what some podcasters are doing is they're still recording what they would in the studio, but then they're doing like a live sort of after party segment. On wisdom afterwards, so like let let's chop it up. Let let's get the reactions, and then you know they're downloading that and then repurposing it as they will. So that was an unexpected thing. So yeah. So to your question around the go to market, that was an open space, and it had just so happened that this is like our our beachhead segment.
0: Yeah. And so yeah. what keep what uh as you're thinking about go to market and getting it out there, what are a couple of things that you had to keep pushing out of your mind, like limiting beliefs and. We all have them. Some of us have a handle on better than others, but limiting beliefs or how am I going to get millions of people in here? Like a million seems like a lot, you know, like those kind of things. And understanding that with the the product, you need mass, you need volume to make value, right? So what are some of the things that kept you up at night or kept thinking and you had to keep pushing out?
1: I think uh, I have to keep on having the mantra front of mind that do things that don't scale. So, trusting within this lean startup concept that within the early stages of your startup, the ways you're going to acquire customers are going to be things that don't scale. So, let's say to give for an example, if I reached out to a community of podcasters, you know, which is one of some of the things I did. Hey, we're building this thing. We think it's going to be really cool. Would you be interested? I have to be comfortable doing that with the team you know, and having a team to do it as well. But understanding that that's not the thing that's going to get us to the tens of, of millions. Right. but we can't be, be be reaching out. But you have to you know trust that do things that don't scale at the beginning. Get your really loyal early community, you know you know which we have now, I would say, from launch in October through to uh, December, where we we announced and we we put out a press release because we had uh, raised a 2 million pre-seed round um, with like a great group of investors, including 1st Round capital who were like a an amazing VC. And that was a good time to take stock and look at the, you know, the stats. And we said our mentors had gone live for 600,000 minutes and our listeners, the people who had been listening was uh, 3,600,000 uh, minutes. So it was, it was great in terms of, you know, that, that was just a few months in. But to your point, it's this doing things that don't scale, And also, I would say with growth as well, you can't stress too much about the future. like clearly, there needs to be traction, there needs to be momentum, but it's just focusing on, okay, what do we need to do in the next one to three months? but if you right. if you stress and worry too much about the markers for you know, twelve months, twenty four months, it yeah, it, uh, it will become too much.
0: So what um, the future and what you have your site set on as far as, and whatever you're, you're able to talk about, monetization for the platform.
1: Oh, sure, absolutely. So we did launch Wisdom with a feature called Mentalcoin. And Mentalcoin is a virtual in-app currency. And the way it works, if you go live on Wisdom and you talk, you earn Mentalcoin in proportion to your listening minutes. Meaning... It's not just how long you talk for, but it's how many people are listening to you and how long they're listening for. Now, the way Mental Coin works is, you know, once you accumulate it, you can switch it out for a gift card within the app. And that gift card works at places like Starbucks and Target and Walmart, or you can donate your gift card to charity. And we're partnered with various charities like the Clean Water Fund and Habitat for Humanity. Now, the idea around Mental coin is that, uh, look, realistically, no one is going to get rich and retire off Mental coin, but it is acknowledging what is now being termed the creator middle class. So people who have less than a million followers all the way through to the tens of thousands, because I do believe that it's a bit crazy that the giant social networks, so the YouTubes, the Instagrams, they really tend to share their, their profit and their benefits with their creator upper class. So once you have a million or more, that, that's when the special programs open up. That's when you know you really reap the benefits of the, of the algorithm. Whereas if you're just starting out and you're in more the tens of thousands, you know, 50,000, 100,000, you know, they're kind of ignored. So mental coin is our first, let's call that like monetization light in a way, because the idea around mental coin is that at least we're saying within wisdom that, hey, we see you, we see you creating We're acknowledging the minutes that you spend creating uh, on wisdom, which I think is important. So actually, as a creator, we have a great stats dashboard that will show you this is how many minutes you've talked. This is how many people who have listened. And then for each talk you do, we keep a tally of the listens because, of course, on wisdom as well, all the talks are recorded, right? And you can come back and you can play them in your own time. So the great thing is that when you create on wisdom, People are still finding your talk afterwards, you know? And so, and it also enables you as a creator to go back. I mean, similar to what I'd expect what you do with your pod, you go back and you look at the stats. You're like, which interviews did really well? What messaging is resonating, you know, with the audience, which is like something so, which I think are all tools that help into monetization. I'm actually surprised Clubhouse doesn't offer those features so far. It's, you know, I think it's surprising because people do spend, A lot of hours creating, right? And as a creator, you need to go back and look at the numbers. But then, to your point around further plans for monetization, what is absolutely a priority on the roadmap is we are looking at enabling creators to directly monetize for their advice through Wisdom. So not through Mental Coin, but actually through like you know cash or you know digital payments. And so I can't say today exactly what it's going to look like, but in essence, you know, envision where. You, you know, you may be, you know, you're speaking about your area, maybe like the life coaching, the motivation, somebody's followed you on wisdom, they've listened to your talks, they've, you know, they've asked to come into your guest spot, and you've given them maybe the grace of a 15 minute timed, like quick session, they've done that a couple of times, and then they decide yeah, I want to book you um, and I want to book you now. Let's not go into this funnel and go offline and schedule and, you know, you know, bottle people through. If somebody then wants to book you live on wisdom and pay so they can have a one-to-one session through you through audio, like that's what the future of wisdom is going to look like. Possibly they may also pay for the session to be private rather than being broadcast, you know, to, to everyone. But yeah, that's what we're looking at. So yeah. in terms of, yeah. Uh, yeah I, 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 would, I would, have,
0: if somebody was ready to give me money right away, like I would be willing to pay a portion of that fee to wisdom because I want to lock it up. Like while they got their card out, while they got the idea, it's hot. Let's lock them up. I'll take less money. Let's lock them up. So I love that idea. Like that's phenomenal. And final question here, because I, I respect your time here. Uh, and we went over a little bit. I apologize. Um, oh, no,
1: it's totally fine. I'm, I'm really enjoying
0: this. Well, thank you. Thank you. I am too. That's why I'm keeping you on for so long. Uh, one final question. What is your moonshot?
1: So for me, it's it's a future where I feel like today, if we have a question, you go straight to Google. That that's kind of our go-to now. If you have a question, you go to Google and your search results will give you a lot of information, but it doesn't always give you knowledge. Right. I can't ask a Google search results. Oh, I see, but what if da 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 gonna tell me that? You just get like a load of information. So for me, it's going to be a future where where people have questions and they're really seeking knowledge and they're seeking wisdom. You open up wisdom and you can speak to someone, you can speak to an expert live, have that human contact. So for me, it is, I want wisdom to be like the first port of call when people have a question, but they really want a meaningful answer. And then for us to hit that mark where we can, you know, we can say we've, you know, we, we have a million mentors, you know, and we can say, you know, proportionally from that, we would have mentored like, you know, tens of millions of people.
0: Love that. Love it. Well, I want to talk to you offline when we hang up. I got an idea. <laughs> I always have ideas of causing and creating futures with people. I've been coached by some of the best in the industry and uh, I, I have a, like a keen sense for uh, synergies. So, uh, but we're going to talk offline, but I want to thank you for being here. What's the best way for my audience to engage with you besides guys go download the mentor app right now. I mean, if I'm on there, uh, I'm on there Mondays at 10 AM Eastern and other times as well, popping in and out, but there's some great speakers, great mentors on there. Uh, go check it out, but how can they engage with you? Dio?
1: Yeah, perfect. So if they're interested in wisdom, if you go to the Apple store right now and you search for wisdom, we will come up. Android will be available roughly within the next three months. So hold on, we're coming for that. If you want to know more about wisdom, it's at wisdom.audio. And for myself, my socials are D-A-Y-O-A-K-K. And you will find me on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, those are the best places.
0: Awesome. Awesome. we we'll go tell her that you saw her here. And Let's support our guests, especially when they're like onto something new and they're trying to make impact on this planet. Let's do that. Let's take time and invest in them. Uh, I appreciate you, Waymo crew. I appreciate you being here. Dio, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to working with you in the future. And uh, We are aligned in so many, so many uh, of, our, of our, uh, our focus on our, um, geez, I can't even think of our targets. So until next time, guys, keep coming back. Go subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, you can go to YouTube and watch these. And until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikeserock.com, themikeserock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at MikeSerockShiraco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel Book is available at my website, Mike crock.com forward slash book that's mike c-r-o-c.com forward slash book go get yourself a copy thank you so much for your support and your listenership it means the world to me